Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, in the digital online universe, lots of stuff going on these days. And so join us to kind of sort through all that is our good friend Christopher Spangle. He used to be my producer back in my old, old WXNT days. Now he's all fancy. He's a digital director for the Bob and Tom Show and also teaches folks uh, how to do podcasts. So, Chris, my friend, always good to chat with you. Thanks for being here, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, well, let's start uh, with Donald Trump. It looks like uh, Meta's going to let him back on. Uh, with Facebook and Instagram. Uh, he's already been, I don't want to say he's been let back on Twitter. What's going on, old friend? Yeah, he's been let back on Twitter because Elon Musk wants the views, basically. Elon Musk needs your attention so he can sell advertisements, so he can pay all the debt that he has by taking on Twitter in sort of a crazy move. Uh, and nobody is better at drawing people's attention to their tweets than Donald Trump. Uh, so that's why he got let back on there. Facebook's justification was uh, just that we need to give people second chances and it's a democracy and we need to have free speech. And uh, we're just monitoring. We've got new tools. And so let's have Donald Trump back on. But it's the same reason. You know, it's just like in the media. You know, what a boon it was for places like CNN to have Donald Trump as president, because the way that the way that the media is structured in 2023 is it's about getting attention. I know it's always kind of been that way, you know, in radio and television. Your job was to sort of gather a crowd around. That was a little bit easier when you had institutions. You know, you had big institutions like the three big networks. You know, or even just cable channels with a handful of options. Well, now there are celebrities making millions of dollars, getting millions of views with 20 times the audience that Howard Stern on radio ever got or that Walter Cronkite ever had. And you've never heard their names. Anybody who's a parent of a teenager understands that, you know, Mr. Beast is the most famous person in the country to everybody who is 15. But half of your audience might not have ever heard of a guy named Mr. Beast. So this diversification and I know the diaspora of attention really just sort of amps up the amount of attention that you, the, the tools that you have to use to get attention, I guess is the way to put it. You know, these platforms as a result sort of incentivize anger and outrage and hatred towards the other and who is better at that than Donald <laughs> Trump in this day and age? Well, it's, so it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny, my friend, because I, I joke and say as much as the media and Donald Trump complain about each other, they really do need each other. Yeah, it's like, you know, your friend in high school, they broke up and got back together 25 times because it's a symbiotic relationship. And the media, to their credit, uh, I am not a Trump fan. While I am a libertarian and a conservative-leaning person, I just – it's a Christian can't abide by Donald Trump. I just think he's a despicable person. And uh, the media generally thinks that too, but they love him. They need him. 
they want his his attention um, in some respects, but they also know it's not the right thing to do because he got elected president because he had five, six times the amount of earned media that that Hillary Clinton had. And that is really how you win campaigns is is how much attention, how much name ID can you build? How much are people talking about you? Um, so they really helped him win in 2016. They, you know, uh, talked a lot about him in 2020. It didn't work because people had fatigue. And this time I think they're not talking about him as much. And I don't think that he quite has the energy that he had. I don't think he uh, is getting the push from, you know, supporters in the way that he did. I think Ron DeSantis has kind of taken some of that balloon out. But yeah, it, it is a symbiotic relationship, and I think you see that the less the media covers him and the less he is – he just doesn't have the juice to kind of shift the news cycle like he did. You know, when the document stuff went down, he, he – uh, or, or what was the latest scandal with Trump? I forget what the scandal was, but then, you know, in the middle of – oh, it was the Nick Fuentes thing where he had the, you know, the guy who praises Hitler. On yeah, the, and Kanye the, West and all that stuff. Yeah, he he comes out in a rally a few days after that and says, by the way, I took all the documents and I meant to. I mean, that would have completely shifted the news cycle uh, two years ago, three years ago. And he just doesn't have the ability to kind of command the news cycle like he did. And so I think these social platforms could look at it and go, all right, well, you know, we can give him some attention here because they need Facebook especially is on the downslope. They're they're losing a lot of people who are who used to look at them as uh, basically they are now the classified ads. They came and destroyed classified advertisements for local newspapers and now people are looking at other ways to spend their ad dollars outside of Facebook. Uh, and so they're in real trouble. Um, so now, now they've not said that that's why they're having Trump back, but that's my Yes. Now, he has not come back on Twitter. He refused to take Elon Musk's bait. I doubt he comes back on Facebook. You can't do anything on Facebook. I had a friend who got a two-day ban, a three-day ban, actually, for calling someone a silly goose in a comment section. And I swear that's the truth. So you can't have any fun on these platforms. And Donald Trump is going to just continually get banned. He's going to be the, you know, the algoed, so nobody will see his stuff. There's no point in coming back to the platform if you're Donald Trump or really anybody who's kind of on the edge of politics or generally on the right because you can't say anything. You can't talk about what you really want to talk about. I just got a community strike on YouTube for you know, doing a news program while talking about a controversial subject that where I was not saying anything controversial in any way and was against the thing that I know they're against. But I still got a strike and, you know, and now I'm getting no views on YouTube videos. So there's no reason for Donald Trump to go back. He's not going to get the same attention. They're not going to give him the same amount of eyeballs. He's better off just trying to keep building his own thing on Truth Social. But that's kind of been a disaster, too. It's just everybody is done with Trump and the right has moved on. Our guest on the program today is our good buddy, Chris Spangle. Chris is the digital vo- digital director for the Bob and Tom Show and also uh, teaches folks how to do podcasts. So we're going to talk about some sort of the, the digital news uh, that has been out and about lately. Uh, Chris, I want to talk to you about uh, ChatGPT, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the most advanced AI chatbot uh, in 2022 is what the headlines have said. Uh, 
What is it? What exactly is OpenAI? What does it do? And why should we be concerned about uh, ChatGPT? Well, if you read the headlines, it's the thing that is going to destroy democracy. 90% of content in five years will be produced by chat, GPT, and AI. Uh, that all, all writing on the Internet, that college essays are dead. It's always you, – you, you're a little older than me. You lived through the Internet revolution too, and every time there was a next evolution of the Internet there are always these kind of stories about how chat GPT or the Internet itself or social media would be the end of society. Now, they were right on the social media part. but Well, act, it, uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up because back in, oh, gosh, 1987, 88, when I was a sophomore in college in Germany uh, at an American school, I remember I was, a, I was a computer programming major at the time. And we had to write these programs that would like sort of correct your grammar, so to speak. And some of the English teachers started noticing that some students were papers were the same. Mm-hmm. And so so th- 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 this is nothing. This, this is almost like 40 years old. This is nothing new, so to speak. Yeah. So ChatGPT is this machine. You go to this website. I'll try to put these in very simple terms. Um, and you can go and ask this website questions, or you can ask it to do certain tasks. So you could go to ChatGPT right now, and you could ask, who is Abdul Hakim Shabazz? And it will spit back very basic information. If you ask what my name is, it will tell you I'm a libertarian and uh, work in media. And it doesn't have a lot more information than that, right? So if you ask it questions like, what was World War II, you're going to get basically the first paragraph worth of information on World War II. And so it, it also can do a lot of formatting. So you could say, all right, thanks for that paragraph on Abdul. Now put this into bullet points. And then you can say, write me 20 catchy headlines for my blog post based on this information. And so then it will write you your headline. It will write you your paragraph, your post. And then it will also write you your outline that you can use for a podcast. Now, it has been notoriously wrong on things. Basically what it did, it, it accessed this um, service that scrapes all of the Internet. That's how it knows who I am, a D-list local celebrity in the 50th market in the United States, right? But it has an awareness of me because I'm on the Internet and I have you know, been crawled by search engines, and it basically scours about 60% of the Internet. And it's if you're just going to the internet and asking a question, let's say you go to Google and you ask who is Abdul Hakim Shabazz, where you're going to find websites. Like there's one website that if you search my name, it says I'm worth a million dollars and am uh, famous. And I have like great success and all these things that I have uh, moderate success at. And I certainly don't have a million dollars. Right. So that information it's like any famous person. What does Tom Hanks may, it make? It's not ever anywhere close to what that person is worth or what they make, right? So, so the information can be very flawed. Now, it, it, BuzzFeed just came out and said that they're going to start relying on ChatGPT to write quizzes and write headlines. And uh, it, it, it kind of has the staff in revolt. Because they're saying, you know, you're already laying off 20% of the staff. Now you're wanting us to start using tools that could lay off more of us. 
And so there's kind of a little revolt at BuzzFeed uh, blog mill uh, about using this new technology because they've seen the, the scare headlines too. And so now, what are we to make all of this? Is chat GPT going to take over the universe? Are you and I out of a job because people can now go to ask a website a question? No. The reality is that AI and chat GPT specifically is like a research partner. You know, I've used it for some podcasts to help format some stuff, to help write headlines, to write descriptions for YouTube videos. Uh, it's very good at summarizing and bullet pointing and kind of giving you basic facts. But it doesn't have the human soul. It doesn't have the ability to go in and add a an artistic touch. It doesn't know the right questions to ask. You, as someone who has crafted content for 30 years in various forms, have an intrinsic thing that is uniquely human that, at least right now, artificial intelligence does not have the ability to do. Now, we it, it, no, and, and, and it's funny, Chris, you bring that up because uh, there's talk about you know, artificial intelligence will replace attorneys. Like, okay, well, can artificial intelligence do a deposition? You know, can artificial intelligence, you know, tell that, you know, you know, read your read your read your pulse and you know, look at your eyes and tell if you're lying or not. Did it did it go out and get a drink uh, and run into the judge <laughs> and have a conversation with the judge where you now know the the particulars of how that judge thinks and how they act and what they like and can that you know lawyer bot that just you know lost a case somewhere in Massachusetts can it you know tailor its content to that specific individual. I don't, I, I'm not going to say it's never going to get there. We, we are approaching in the next few years, what's called the singularity where the, the power of computers can process information at the same level and speed as a human brain. Um, I don't know if 50 years from now, there'll be an Abdul bot that, you know, has the same level of skill set that you do in terms of networking and broadcasting and lawyering. But I don't think so. I don't think, A, that humans are ever going to uh, – I think there will be a large revolt of uh, Luddites who will who will just say, like, I think ChatGPT is really cool, but there's no way I'm going to int- introduce it at my job in a way that will replace me. And – you know, if they were to try and replace me, then I think people would recognize this as AI content and we don't need it. But I'm certainly using it at, at my day job and in my podcasting right now to increase time efficiencies, to give me more time to go and do other stuff. And so that's that's where I think AI and chat GPT specifically for the next decade, at least, who knows what Terminator future we actually have in store for us beyond the next 10 years uh, that's where I think ChatGPT it just becomes a handy, healthy, you know. Oh well, it, ha- it passed this AP test. Well, maybe the test is just crappy. Yeah. Maybe it's easy because we've dumbed down our educational standards to let people pass these phony baloney tests to get them to move on to the next level instead of actually challenging people. Uh, and I think maybe those are maybe it's a way for us to kind of look at our existing systems and and chart a better course. Chris Bangle with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Chris is the digital director for the Bob and Tom Show. Also talks folks, teaches folks how to do uh, podcasts. Chris, I uh, wanted to uh, pick your brain a little bit, uh, mix uh, the, the the tech industry with the, with the political world. Uh, looks like there's an effort to break up Google. How do you do it? I mean, it's, it's not like it's a phone company. I mean, if there's a government, there's a way. I mean, 
I'm a libertarian. I host the Chris Spangle Show on the We Are Libertarians podcast network. So I'm going to be against any kind of government action. I think uh, the problem with, you know, uh, you know, the robber baron era and the antitrust lawsuits is that it's usually well-connected. History, history shows that it's usually well-connected people within these circles that are waiting to kind of gobble it up for themselves. And that's the problem with a non-free market is that they use the power of government to punish these companies so that they can then position themselves to have more power and, and punish those who have the existing power. Um, you know, Google is incredibly powerful and it is a search engine. Not a lot of people go and use uh, Bing or Yahoo, and uh, you know it's it's just this 800-pound gorilla. But something like DuckDuckGo, which you see billboards for around Indianapolis, has gained a lot of market share because it's a differentiator. They say we're we're going to respect your privacy. We're not going to put cookies on your browser. We're not going to spy on you like Google does. So you're going to get different results. And so they offer something different and over the last five years have gained a lot of market share. And then you have ChatGPT, which triggered a what's called a red alert in Google. It's a disrupting pro- product that has Google freaking out because I'm working on a podcast about the history of the protocols of the elders of Zion. It's this uh, conspiracy and Instead of going to Google and asking questions about it, I asked ChatGPT questions, which led me to Google to go ask other questions that were more in-depth. Um, but, you know, if I had said to you five years ago that Facebook is a monopoly. No one will ever reach their market share. No one will ever unseat Facebook. It's a forever company like GE. You go, yeah, that sounds about right. Nobody's using Facebook. Look at the back end of your Facebook page, and you're losing 20% of your audience because people are deactivating it in droves. Like, nobody likes Facebook. Nobody's advertising on Facebook. Kids aren't using Facebook. And in 10 years, this is going to be a hollow company that has a, a fraction of its market share power. That's how the free market works. Google is going to go through a disruption with things like AI and ChatGPT, that are going to put it not out of business, but decrease its power. So instead of allowing the free market to do what it does, people who work in Washington, D.C., who do not trust the free market, do not trust people to make decisions for themselves, are going to carve this company up for themselves and make the problem worse in the process. Wow. All righty. Well, our guest in the Prim Day has been our good buddy, Chris Spangle. Chris is a digital director for the Bob and Tom Show and also teaches folks uh, how to do podcasts and uh, also is the host of the We Are Libertarian podcast. So, Chris, my friend, always good to chat with you, buddy. Thanks very much. I really do appreciate uh, you offering our audience this insight today. All right. Thank you, Abdul. I appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.